Good morning. Good morning. I think we're live. Fritzburg and bloodandfaith.com. I'm going to send out a couple invites here. Sandy, anybody want to give me a sound check? Oh, I do apologize for that. Good morning, Fritzburg and bloodandfaith.com. We are live on Podbean. This will be recorded and we'll post it later, but. Uh, uh, ha happy Sunday morning to you all, and uh, just seeing out there, if, if someone can give me a sound check, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, see whether or not we're transmitting. I think we are, but uh, I'm, so far I'm not getting any feedback from anybody, And uh, but let me know. We're going to talk about war this morning. It's the 3rd of March. It's my late mother's birthday and one of my good friend's birthday, and it's also a, one of his family members' birthday, so happy birthday to all of them out there. Uh, there is, why am I talking about war? Aren't, isn't this, you know, isn't this Sunday morning? Aren't you supposed to get, give us some sort of Christian sermon? Oh, this is a Christian sermon. It's a very Christian sermon. And we're going to talk about the state of the war that we are currently in. Do you have sound coming through? That would be nice. That we're already in. We're already in a war. There's a couple of great articles out there. One is, I put a link in the chat box, and I'll link it at uh, bloodandfaith.com. And uh, it's called Political Conflict in the Age of Psychic Warfare. Political Conflict in the Age of Psychic Warfare. And it talks about first generation through fifth generation warfare. It's an outstanding article. It's going to take a little while to work through it, but it's excellent. Essentially, what they're what they're saying is that the technology has reached a, a point. It's reached a, a place where a great deal, not exclusively, but a great deal of the warfare is taking place in the realm of our daily and, and, and even moment-by-moment -moment communications, whether it's your Twitter feed or your Gab feed or this podcast or the Google search engine results. It's being funded by uh, by your government against you. It, it traces the history of, of how these technologies emerged, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Twitters, uh, and, and how that was used to foment color revolutions in places like the Middle East or Eastern Europe, Ukraine. And they were able to generate a great deal of Oh, I guess call it psychic imbalance, where people rose up. They, they realized they were more than one. They realized that they were more than one person, and their ideas uh, 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 combined with the ideas of tens of millions of others made a difference. And they showed up, and they overturned governments. They showed up en masse, physically en masse, and overturned governments. They weren't quiet. They didn't shut up. They didn't sit down. They didn't go away. They didn't comply. They weren't obedient. And they overturned governments literally around the world. Well, then what happened? Well, some people woke up. Some people on my side of the conflict, and it is a conflict, woke up and said, you know what, we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing, and we can have our own voices. So instead of the news being controlled by MSNBC and CNN and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and Fox News, you had other voices out there. Years ago, decades ago, they tried to shut down Rush Limbaugh. 
I don't know if you guys recall this, but this was even decades. They tried to shut. They said, "Well, we there's too much right wing political content on AM radio," and they tried to pass a law to force left wing content out there in the radio land that nobody wanted to hear. I mean, there certainly was no law being put out in order to uh, uh, bring right wing content to the TV sphere. That certainly never happened. Fox News, some in some extent, stepped in to fill a gap, except that when Donald Trump won, they turned against him because he wasn't part of the system. And the great illusion is that there's a system that, that runs the world perfectly and you can't fight against it. That's the great illusion. And at some point, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, you had a, a political opposition force that said, you know what, we can use this technology too. And you had new voices come to the fore. Uh, most recently, Tucker Carlson has. I mean, he didn't. He didn't. He, he, Tucker Carlson is like me in the sense that he grew up and had fairly fairly mainstream political ideas, uh, not fundamentally questioning the system at all. At some point in his journey through the beast, through the belly of the beast, through the system, he woke up and he says, "This, this, the, the lies are bigger and bigger and bigger." And the system's rigged, and they hate this country. And he got fired from Fox News. Look, the best way to control the political opposition is to be the political opposition. That's an old, old story from long, long ago. I think it came out of the Soviet Union. Best way to control the opposition is to be the opposition. So you set up a, a Republican Party, or you set up a right-wing news service like Fox News that really isn't all that white right-wing. That really isn't all that disruption. All they are is the literally the loyal opposition. Republican Party has acted that way for, I don't know, since the Second World War? Maybe since Ronald Reagan? I don't know. Pick a, pick a date. But then all of a sudden, you had the ability for other voices to come out. You had the ability for other voices to come out and say, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't ask for this. Nobody asked for this. Uh, these are like tr trannies in, in, in tranny story hour, and people are, 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 they finally have the ability to speak up and speak out uh, without going through the filter mechanisms of, of a multi-billion dollar news organization that's literally controlled by a very small group of people. They're able to organize and rally on their Facebook on the internet, on their tweets and their Twitters and whatnot, and the people that run the show, we've talked quite a bit about that here at bloodandfaith.com, them and their allies had a fit, had an absolute fit. And so you can't say that. You ever heard that? You can't say this. You can't say that. Now I'm going somewhere with this, and, and you know I'm going to get to the preachers eventually. And so what they had to do is said, oh my God, it's hate speech and it's misinformation and it's disinformation and it's fake news. And so we have to find a way to discredit anybody that speaks outside of the very small controlled narrative. And, and then you get things like internet censorship. I mean, I literally, I can't go to YouTube and log on and do anything. As soon as I log on, a warning screen comes up and said, you violated the terms of service, and you can't watch content, 
you can't subscribe to other people's YouTube channels. I've mentioned this before. Tried to subscribe to a ham radio channel. You can't do it because you violated something somewhere in the past 10 years. I, I, I tried to, uh, uh, the other day, watch the video of that airman that self-immolated in front of the Israeli embassy, which is, a, is on YouTube. But it's age restricted because I, you know, I guess it's a little bit gruesome. I mean, you know, I don't know how gruesome something can be compared to what we see at the movies. But anyway, what? No, you can't even watch that, Fritz Bergen or whoever you are out there uh, 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 with my my log on, because somewhere, somewhere in the past, you have violated something, and so we're going to not only keep you from publishing stuff. I've been banned on YouTube for years now. We can, we're not even going to let you read stuff or look at stuff. Oh, by the way, did you know that the, the companies like Google, which owns YouTube, and Facebook were financed by your money? Do you know they're financed by uh, the, the United States government by taxpayer money? They got their startup money from the United States government. You know why? Because they thought they could use those things to control how people thought and to manipulate a, opinion uh, d domestically and abroad and wage psychological and psychic warfare upon the world in order to get them to comply with their demands. In a sense, the Google of the world, the YouTubes of the world, the Facebooks of the world are taxpayer-owned entities, except they're not. Your money and my money was used to finance these things and get them started and given a huge billions of dollars in government funds. Twitter as well, until that rebel Elon Musk came along, and there's still, you know, question marks on whether or not, not which side of the, you know, is he controlled opposite? Nobody knows. It's 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 a game. It's a, it's the grand psyop, and one begins to understand at some point why people just want to move to the woods and and and, and live alone and 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 not have to deal with this stuff. Everything's a head fake. Recently, a guy named Mike Benz came come along. He was interviewed by Tucker Carlson. And he, and, and he laid this out as well. He laid this out as well. He said, look, this is being used by the government not only to uh, control and overturn governments overseas, but it's being used in the United States of America against its own people, against the people in the United States that won't go along with Tranny Story Hour, that won't go along with, with unlimited immigration of peoples fundamentally unlike the very people that made America what it is, what it was. No whites, no Christians. Nope, can't have that. To fundamentally destroy, and I've talked about this a lot, and I'll never stop talking about it, to fundamentally destroy the white and Christian race in North America, in Europe, in New Zealand, in Australia, anywhere it is. I read a statistic the other day. Less than 3% of the world's children are European. Less than 3% of the world's children are European. That ought to say something to you. Why, and I, you know, again, we're straying a little bit. Why, why the, the rage against the white race? Because it's only the white race, it's only the Europeans that became Christendom. And it's the Europeans that brought the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Um, that's why. In a nutshell, that's it. If you get rid of the historical repository for the Christian faith, you get rid of the Christian faith. Now, I have a great deal of, of uh, 
concern about the nature of the Christian faith in what is left of our European countries, and you hear me talking about that, but we are at war. We're at war. Absolutely at war. And if you get a chance to read the rather long article I posted um, on the Podbean feed, and also at bloodandfaith.com, it's absolutely worth listening to. Now, to get a little bit more theological and a little more spiritual, I would remind you that the people who call themselves Pharisees, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had the system locked down 2,000 years ago. They had the system locked down. They had a modus vivendi with the Roman Empire, and the Romans said, listen, you go do your little thing in your little place called Judea, will more or less leave you alone. Um, and and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief police ha had it kind of locked down. And then this disruptor came along who was unlike them. He was not like them. They hated this man. They never accused him of being one of their own. They never said, hey, you're with us, you're us, you're part of us, you're part of our name. They never said that to him. And this man was immediately in opposition to the leaders of the people who called themselves Jews. And they ended up killing him. You know who I'm talking about. Why did they kill him? He spoke outside the narrative. He challenged the fundamental assumptions of that political order. Uh, it wasn't because he healed the sick and raised the dead and, and, and cast out demons and, and, and said, God loves you. That's not why they killed him. He said, hey, there's another order. There's another political order, and I'm, I'm the head of this order. My name is Jesus Christ. I'm the Son of God. And anybody that doesn't want to worship before me, eventually I'll have them brought into my presence and be slaughtered. Well, that's pretty challenging. That's Luke 19. Anybody questions me on that? Luke chapter 19. Bring those who didn't want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence, which is exactly what Elijah did, exactly what Samuel did, exactly what the prophets did to the priests of Baal. Elijah gets the priests of Baal, slaughters them. Oh, he, that wasn't very diverse and tolerant. No, it certainly wasn't. And that, that goes to my whole theme of, of how the evangelical church has created a new religion that, that uh, uh, appeases the self-righteousness of all the antichrists out there. We don't want God to be like that. We want God to be like this. So the evangelists say, okay, well, we'll change God. Maybe he'll show up to my church and we'll, we'll grow a church. So when somebody comes along and they speak outside the narrative, that's somebody that is engaging in the war. That's somebody that is engaging in warfare against the Antichrist regime, against the Antichrist, against the beast that I've talked a lot about here at Blood and Faith, the world systems that, that, that the whore rides on top of and, and controls and directs, that are fundamentally anti-Christ and arrogant and blasphemous. I'm bringing a lot of themes together. If you've been paying attention for, for several years now, you'll, you'll recognize these themes. Somebody comes along and they speak outside of the narrative. There's a war going on. I like Alex Jones' uh, tagline, there's a war on for your mind. Oh, there sure is. And there's a war on for your body and there's a war on for your soul. And the Antichrist rules, and the beast rules, and the false prophet rules. 
the whore of Babylon's there. Babylon the Great is there. And you speak against it and that you will be crushed. You will be cast out of the synagogue. You will be demonetized, depersoned, deplatformed. There's a war going on. My job is to point this out to you and recruit for the war. I'm a recruiter for the war. I'm a recruiter for the army of God. Oh, you can't say that. You're supposed to stay in your little sandbox, your little 8 by 8 sandbox with six inches of, of finely uh, ground sand in there and just play with your little toys. No, no, sir, no, ma'am, not me. Nope, I'm recruiting for the war. I'm recruiting for the war for the army of God, for the army of Jesus Christ. And the number one requirement for somebody that's going to stand up and engage in this warfare is to open your mouths. It's to open your mouths and speak, and speak outside of the narrative that they have approved. Are you not reading what they're saying about you? I got something up there. I put it at bloodandfaith.com. Feel free to go there and check it out. See if I can pull it up. And, uh, you know, so here's this new book, Massive Publicity, White Rural Rage, The Threat to American Democracy. All right, right there. White, rural, Christian, patriotic Americans are literally the enemy of the state, enemy of the United States, enemy of the ruling class. Wow, really? Antifa, BLM, burning down cities. Nobody writes a book like that. Everybody bows down and kisses their you-know-what. Well, here's another thing. Here's a list of, of very recent, it's a small list, of recent... Uh, headlines that we see on news sites. It at all, uh, the unbearable whiteness of bird watching, the unbearable whiteness of uh, Canadian columnists, the unbearable whiteness of whiteness, <laughs> the unbearable whiteness, and on and on and on and on and on. It, it's horrible to be white. And if, if it's too white, it has to be destroyed. Why? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm flat out telling you, the Europeans are the historical repository for the Christian faith on the planet. This is why. It goes right back to Genesis 3.15. It is the white and Christian race, the European race, that brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to the rest of the world. Unselfishly. And so I'm sitting in my doctoral program, PhD program, and I've got a professor lecturing all of us and saying the, the, the cause of every problem on the planet in the whole world are the white and Christian men, white and Christian European men. This was 20, 30 years ago, and now it's mainstream. That's a whole other podcast someday. I'll get into the whole university system. It's a closed caste. It's a closed religious system. It's a closed cult, and you're not part of it, and they will weed you out if you don't have their religion, and their religion is absolutely 100% anti-Christ. And as a corollary, it's anti-European because it's the Europeans that brought the light of the gospel to China and to Africa and to the Western Hemisphere. It all ties together, and they don't want you to notice that. They don't want you to notice that because you might wake up and say, oh my God, Oh my goodness, sorry, I'm trying to eschew the use of that phrase. You might notice that. Well, I just didn't realize. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know you didn't notice it. And that's why bloodandfaith.com is here. There's a war on. And they will white they will genocide you. And they are, are they have a project to genocide the European races. Well, I just don't believe that. Well, open up your mind, open up your, your eyes. 
Do you, do you not believe it, or are you just you're afraid? You're afraid to say it because somebody's going to call you a dirty name. Oh, you're just you know you're a white supremacist. I, I'm, I think that's what it is. Cowardice begets cowardice. Courage begets courage. I'm on a recruitment drive. I'm recruiting Christians out there to stand up and abandon their cowardice, abandon their obsequiousness, abandon their, their cowardice in the face of Satan's onslaught, abandon, to, to, to abandon their inability to face up to the enemy face to face and call them out. Church won't do it. Pastors won't do it. The greatest unconventional warfare unit in the history of mankind is are the Christian missionaries, the Christian evangelists, the Christian pastors, the Christian preachers. Where are they? Where are they? They're playing church. They got their little happy clappy club up there. Oh, God loves everybody. God forgives everybody. God is a God of love. He's not a God of hate. We denounce racism in all its forms. Submit to the government. Obey the government. We're just concerned with getting people into heaven and having them take the two-question test or the four spiritual laws. I'm going to sneeze here in a minute. Now that I said it, I'm not going to sneeze. And, and you're going to go play church. And, and, and here's what I want you to understand very, very, very clearly. 300 years ago, everybody in our countries were Christians. They were all Christians. And the generations that grew up grew up in, in, with a Christian worldview, understanding that God created them, understanding that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, understanding that the Bible was the Word of God. They understood that. They understood that 200 years ago. They understood that 150 years ago. 100 years ago, things really started to change. It, it started 300 years ago with the so-called Enlightenment, which is nothing but a darkening. It started with a falling away of, of, of the European race from Jesus Christ. It started with that. And so you hollow out a European civilization from the inside, and now they're in for the kill. Now we're going to biologically exterminate them. And many of the people working on that are people that have joined themselves to the you-know-whos. You-know-who. This is a war. Pastors in the pulpits have the opportunity to point this out, that we're at war. This is literally it's, it's, it's a, genocidal, a genocidal warfare against the repository of, Christ, of, of the Christian faith on the entire planet. Imagine if, if when your kids go to school, you had the historical values of the Europeans' peoples at, at heart. And when you went into that grade school, you had the Ten Commandments on the wall. And there was a Bible sitting on the teacher's desk. There was no rainbow flags. Dude, you got rainbow flags in your kindergarten classes now. You got rainbow flags all over. I went down to the local high school here, you got rainbow flags. You got the LGBTQ club. I don't know, is Campus Crusade even on the, on the high school campuses anymore? I, I know there's some, some places. You got the BLM movement, the Antifa movement. And, and the, the idea that you can, you can raise a, a Christian family in an antichrist world becomes harder and harder and harder. Our kids are gone when they're turned five or six. They're gone for, for the next 10 years. 
and they get indoctrinated into these seminaries, these antichrist seminaries. Well, we're just, you know, we're just social scientists. No, you're not. You're antichrist missionaries. You're antichrist missionaries. And then and you get these Christian families grow up, and next thing you know, Johnny's Johnny's gay. And Susie wants to have an operation. Well, I don't understand. I'll tell you how it happened. The church gave up. The church says, you know what, we're going to back off. We're going to play in the sandbox because they're nice to us if we just play in our sandbox. They leave us alone. As soon as we get off our sandbox, oh my, they call us dirty names. <laughs> they accuse us and accuse us and accuse us. Can't grow a church that way, can you, buddy? The greatest irregular fighters on the planet in fifth gener generational warfare ought to be the preacher. It ought to be the preacher, unless the preacher is simply just given up. Well, everybody will leave. Well, then let them leave. I mean, I've mentioned this before. Jesus Christ let them leave. He preached a sermon nobody liked, and he said, go on, get, get out of here. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. Look it up, book of John. John, I don't know, maybe 6, John 6. They left by the hundreds. He looks at his disciples. He said, you guys, really, seriously, you can go too. Not gonna hold, I'm not going to hold on to you. It's an honor. It's an honor to serve Jesus Christ. It's an honor to say what Jesus Christ said. It's an honor to believe in the Son of God. If you want to walk away, that's okay. It really is. And that goes for the preacher, and it goes for the church. It goes for the people sitting in the booth. If they want to walk away, man, that's okay. It, you know, No harm, no foul. Not gonna, I'm not going to put some head trip on you. I, can, can I remind you of Gideon? And I've said from the beginning of this podcast, from the beginning of the show, from the beginning of bloodandfaith.com, that Gideon is literally the watchword. He's a little dude that nobody knew about. He decided to speak outside the narrative. And he and he crossed a, a Rubicon that cannot be come you can't come back from. He peed all over the, the idols of his society in public. They wanted to murder him. By the grace of God, his life was spared. Later on, he takes ten thousand men. He's going to go do some fighting, going to go fight some enemies, and he says, You know what? I got there's too many people here. He says, Look, you know, it's all right, man. It's okay. You want to go home? You can go home. You're not, I'm not casting you out. I'm not casting you out, but you know, I, this this is not going to work with people that aren't in it. So your congregation has a chance. You preachers have a chance. Engage in the warfare that is going on against Jesus Christ. Now, people say, well, they're not against Christians. We have Christians united for this, and Christians united for that. And Christians, Yeah, friendship with the world is enmity with God. And like I said, they'll love you as long as you stay in your little sandbox. But if you go out there and say, I'm against, oh man, you, you guys got to go watch that, uh, that tranny Air Force colonel. Uh, a demon-possessed freak, and I put that on my Twitter feed. Because she's out there on Twitter talking her little stuff. And it's sickening, because it's a, clearly a, a male voice, male phenotype, dressed up in her little hair and her little earrings. Telling people that if you want to be better at fighting wars, you need to respect people's uh, personal pronouns, especially if you're uncomfortable with that, that you especially have to do that. So I wrote in there, I said, this is a demon-possessed freak. And, and the sad thing is, is our society puts up with it. And if you don't put up, well, you're intolerant, you're divisive, and you're whatever, transphobic and queerphobic. That thing needs to be taken to the woodshed. Not kindly. I'll just leave it at that. 
And the teachers that are promoting this stuff in your grade school down the church down down the street, uh, they're literally mind. I don't want to be too crude here, but what they're they're doing to your children is unspeakable, and they're opening up the doors to absolute evil happening with your children. At the same time, they're, 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 uh, so there's this website called SettleInUS.com. Okay, you know who funds that? SettleInUS.org. You know who funds that? Well, I'm going to read right down at the bottom. The content of this website was developed by the Cultural Orientation Research Exchange. It's in the public domain. This website was developed under an agreement financed by the Bureau of Population, Refugees, and Migration, United States Department of State. It's the United States government itself that is financing and promoting this invasion of the United States. And these are not European Christians. It's designed to destroy the core of what this country was, a European and Christian country. Why? Because Europe has always been the repository of Christianity for 2,000 years. That's why Antichrist is on the move. The beast is on the move. And the churches are sitting and say, oh, the Antichrist is coming someday. No, it's here. It rules. The beast rules. Well, that's scary. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> and you're waiting for the rapture. We're in a war. You have an opportunity to stand up and stand too and fight. How do you do that? You open your mouth. Recruit your congregation. Recruit your congregation. Be a Gideon. Take the risk. Yes, they may kill you, but they might not. Be a great way to go, wouldn't it? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna see a massive return to that. We're gonna see a massive return of, of the willingness of men to be men, the willingness of men to be men. You want to know what got me started on this podcast and this journey with BloodandFaith.com years ago? Now, I was sitting over there in the Middle East. I'm sitting over there in Iraq, and I'm gonna. I got all these young men that are willing to put their lives and their bodies and their minds on the chopping block for a great cause uh, uh, because they believe that they're being sent by their elders to fight a war that is good for them and their children and their offspring. And it was all a lie. It was all a big, fat lie. Many of those soldiers realized that. You know, you, 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 you went and you fought and you bled and you died and you had your arms chopped up and your legs chopped up and your private parts blown up. For what? For what? Trannies in your library? And I'm like, where's the older generation standing up and saying enough? And that was me. That was me. I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's time for that older generation to stand up and say, you know what? This is evil. This is evil. There's an evil man that sits in the White House today. He's advised by evil people, by Antichrist people. You don't owe them any allegiance. You owe them no allegiance. The actions they take fundamentally are contrary to the Constitution of the United States. If you want to be legal about it, if you want to stay and draw within the lines, did you not take an oath to defend this nation, defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic, and domestic and domestic? Our biggest enemies are not Russia. It's not even China. It's not even that little entity over there in the Middle East. It's Americans that undermine our Constitution, 
like I've been saying, that do everything they can to abolish the freedom of speech, that violate Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution to protect the states against invasion, and they're promoting of it right here, right here. Here's, it's right in front of you, settleinus.org, financed by your government to encourage people to invade the United States of America. Why? Where the and then the books being promoted out there, the white rural and they don't say Christian. The white rural Christians are the greatest threat to democracy in the world. Well, maybe we don't need if that if you're if democracy means tranny story hour in your library, we don't want it. The war is going on. You're either going to get smashed and become slaves to them, which most of us already are. The churches are silent, man. I'm telling you, churches, the churches are quiet. Well, we're going to have another seminar on the coming Antichrist. No, the Antichrist is here. We're going to have a seminar on, on how to stop smoking cigarettes. Your problem isn't your cigarettes. It's a lack of courage of standing up against the Antichrist that's in our grill now. Because you don't want to be called racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, or anti-Semitic. You think those are Christian values to avoid those things, and they're not. All right, let's look at this just a little bit here. Settleinus.org, financed by the U.S. Department of State. By the way, I won't be with them that much longer. They've made that clear. Resettlement, process pre-screening interview, cultural orientation, avoid fraud, travel, Medical screening, life in the U.S., employment, resettlement agencies, getting free health care, learning English, cultural adjustment, money management, rights and responsibility, free transportation, free education. All right. The United States government itself, the Biden administration, is funding, financing, and promoting the invasion of this country in order to, as Obama said, fundamentally transform the identity of this country. I hope you've been paying attention to what's been going on in England. You got you brought in all these non-English people, and now the English kids are being preyed upon, and it, nobody will do anything about it. You got the same thing going on in the United States now, and it's only going to get worse until the church wakes up and the pastors start exercising the very thing that they were called to do, to wage unconventional warfare against the narrative of the Antichrist. Their silence right now is, is simply indicates that they're part of the problem. It provides the Antichrist with, with a patina of legitimacy when the churches are silent. I'm just one dude on a microphone, man. I want the pastors to wake up. And I want them to get radicalized. And I don't need to radicalize you. The Holy Scriptures need to radicalize you. If I saw this in the Scriptures, you can see it in the Scriptures too. But you got to be willing to go there. Oh, I remember these two guys. What was it James and John? Peter, James, and John. I, I can't remember. And they said, Lord, we want to sit on your right side. The mom, mom, mommy said that. Grant them that they sit on your sides in your kingdom. And he says, hey, man, can you, can you drink the cup that I'm able to drink? And they said, yes. I don't think they had any idea what that meant. 
And we live in a generation of, of Christian men that, that frankly are not willing to lay down their life. They're not willing to lay down their life. we got young men that will go to war and get blown to pieces. And the older leadership in America, pastors included, are not willing to lay down their life for the sheep. They're not willing to stand up and be counted. They're not willing to stand up and go against the narrative. They're not willing to be stand up and, and, and be called dirty names by the Antichrist in their enablers. This is a war. And it's going to get a lot worse. And is it going to get violent? Absolutely. It's already violent. When Antifa and BLM burn down cities, that's violence. When you have hundreds of people as political prisoners in jail, that's kinetic warfare. That's violence. When you have the political opposition being prosecuted in an attempt to put them in jail for literally centuries, the violence is here. And again, this is nothing new. Okay, I'll give you another example. God is not against violence. I will say that. And that's, you know, I've written on that. You can go to bloodandfaith.com. There's some articles there on Christian violence. I'm here to recruit people and get them to wake up and realize, remember the, remember the homosexuals from 20 years ago? Silence equals death. I, I'm, I'm going to steal that from them. The silence from the pulpits equals death. The silence from the pulpits equals death. And and either we and, and I would remind you that when God called a people, He wanted a nation state to be an example to the rest of the world, not just a couple of people here and there. Europe was the crucible, it was the repository, it was the nest, it was the home of the gospel of Jesus Christ that was then spread to the rest of the world. That is why it must be destroyed by the Antichrist. It is very simple. All right. What time we got? 10.38? That's it this morning. Um, read those articles if you get a chance. They're, they're doubling down on this stuff. Where are we? There's some, there's some good men out there. A lot of them aren't even Christians. they got more manliness than a lot of Christian pastors have. No wonder the churches are empty. All right, Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. That's it for this morning.